Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail, where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I'm your running host, Dean Thompson. Today, we're going to share a story about how God will lead us to the most simple things that can profoundly impact our lives. And we are all, I'm going to talk about being addicted. We're all addicted to something, right? And we're going to talk about that as I share my perspective on that statement. And joining me once again is Run for God founder, Mitchell Hollis. Thanks for having me, Dean. What about this weather? Yeah, I've actually, I actually turned the heat on this morning. Yeah, is that right? It's yeah. the first time all year, you know, you yeah. get that weird smell yep. when you turn it on. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's I'm exciting. Wearing wearing my long my sleeves, quarter zips, and yeah, I'm. Uh, I ran Saturday morning in long sleeves. Yeah, and it was a uh, anyway. It's 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 amazing how much easier running gets. It is when it gets cooler. It, it really was like 45 degrees Saturday morning. I ran with some of the high schoolers, and uh, yeah, yeah, it was great. For hey, sure. before we get started, let's uh, talk about this week's sponsor again. If you have a business and you want to support what Run for God does and allow us to support your business at the same time. Give an email to runlanehollis at gmail.com. That's runlanehollis at gmail.com. He'll get you all the information. But this week's sponsor is Ken's Carstar. Ken's Carstar features state-of-the-art unibody and frame repair equipment, expert painting, towing assistance, vehicle pickup, and delivery, and a nationwide warranty in a clean, inviting environment. Uh, they've, they've repaired more than $4 million vehicles that's hard to wrap your hand head around yes it is four million vehicles since 1989 that's why more people choose car star auto body repair experts for their vehicle repairs than any other body shop give ken's car star a call for a free estimate today and uh we love talking about our sponsors yep just great people i remember when ken's first started out of a tiny little garage over near the bypass yeah. and what it, it today there's four four locations locations yeah. and they're so covered up that they're scheduling stuff right now into december yeah so uh it's it's good that they're doing so well because they try to do things right there and uh i just i had lunch with a couple of the guys that worked there here recently uh, it happened to be my are kids, you related to them <laughs> <laughs> yeah good people over there yeah for hey sure. um so Landon had a little mishap. Yes. You know, we, we talk about mountain bikes and trail running. I talk about those on here often because I always get hurt. When I get on a mountain bike, the last time I was on a mountain bike, I went end over end. And just about every time I try to trail run on any kind of technical trail, I wind up on the ground. Well, Landon, you know, fruit doesn't fall far from the tree. <laughs> he was at a buddy's house this weekend, went end over end on a mountain bike, and now has a cleanly broke collarbone yep and yep. uh the x-ray is pretty gnarly did you see that picture of the i x-ray? did see it yeah <laughs> it's pretty pretty serious but i'm amazed we went to the the orthopedic and a good friend of ours and he said he told me that he has had football players back in full contact in three to four weeks after a broke collarbone that's so said it's one of the fastest healing bones in the body 
Wow. And uh, he said Landon, I mean, Landon did it last Saturday, and he said by this Monday he could be back out running. He said it may hurt a little. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you just want to make sure it's not hurting too bad. But, yeah, by that point it'll be fused together enough to where he could run, which just really blows my mind. Yeah. Well, he's walking around. I saw him yesterday without a sling. Yeah. He was walking around without a sling yesterday, and I thought, wow, that's just – I mean, it yeah. just happened. And, you know, I've got one to match it. Yeah. Our, our yeah. brakes look exactly alike. You can <laughs> yeah. see it, you know, with your shirt off. So. Are they even on the same side? No, his is no, on the his on the right. Side. Yeah. Mine's on the left. Yeah. So, yeah. And Landon loves to, to hunt. And so mm. I don't know – you know, you can run yeah. a week or two later, but as far as, you know, I don't know if you want to put that kind of pressure on. So he may have to learn to shoot opposite hand this year well, that would be which would be good to learn be good for him. So, yeah that's, so yeah that's always great. something when you got kids in the house for sure well we had a, a run club social post last week that i really really loved and this one comes from donna herbert it says yeehaw i'm doing this thing go me go me tooting my own horn but y'all need to know what an accomplishment this is Many do not know that I, at one point in my life, was completely down slash bedridden with Lyme disease. I didn't think I could ever live normally, let alone run. Uh, God is so good. Those years of fighting that disease are behind me, and now I press on getting stronger every day. Some days I go back to my Lyme journal and just cry tears of thankfulness for being made well after such a horrendous disease. Soli Deo Gloria, hashtag run for God, hashtag Lyme disease warrior. You know, these are just, I, I love these posts, but it also reminds me why it's so important to journal. Yeah. You know, we, I think you're going to talk about that a little bit later, but yeah. to be able to go back and to see where you've been and to see how far God's brought you, yeah. it's, uh, it's, I mean, you, you can hear you can hear it in her writing here. She's yep. just ecstatic about it. That's right. And she's got every reason to be. Yeah, yeah. I get really stoked when I read these kinds of things, don't you? I mean, yeah. it's just, I get so excited. And I don't know whether this was, I don't know if the running helped her overcome the Lyme disease or if she was kind of over it and then realized she could do it. I'm not sure. It doesn't really indicate. It doesn't matter yeah. either way, the fact that she's out there doing it. Um, you know, we can all look back at a time in our lives where we went through something really tough and be thankful for, for where we've come from. Um, you know, some, we, we've all, I say we've all, maybe not everybody, but almost everybody's gone through something that's pretty, pretty tough. Sure. Uh, you know, you could, a bankruptcy, uh, you know, overcoming an, an addiction, having kids that were at one time really, really lost and, and, and finding their way. Uh, there's so many things. Um, and when you get excited about these things, it gets other people excited. Yeah. And that's the whole idea for sharing it to start with, right? Yeah, it's the whole, the whole idea behind this podcast. Yeah. Where Devotion started was people's story because as is, is, is hard as it is to put these things down in writing sometimes, and it is, I get it. Yeah. Um, you got to understand that there's, there is somebody else out there probably going through the exact same thing mm -hmm. that you went through and that you 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 got through and God helped you through it and now you're you're on on the side of victory. Yeah. And that is hope for people who are going through it right now. Yeah. And that's why you're right. It's that's why it's so important we share our stories and and we keep doing what we're doing here every week of sharing other people's stories because I have no doubt every one of these we share, somebody's being inspired. Yep. And it strikes me that 
why as you can again just like you said through the writing you can see how excited she Mm -hmm. is what if we all kind of exuded that kind of excitement about our salvation yeah can you imagine how the world would change if we could do if if we did do that yeah it would be awesome yeah don't be afraid to share your excitement about things i think that sometimes um, i'm reluctant to share stuff about my running in particular just because i don't want it to come across as i'm bragging or anything like that but at the same time i know that that excitement is is a good thing for others to to see so i I kind of walk that line and yeah (laughs) well we had a trivia question last week that was this one there was a lady who set the world record in the marathon in 2003 and it remained the record until 2019 16 years who was she and where was she from? Did you know this one? No, I didn't. When you asked the question, I didn't know it. But but you know the name after. Yeah, I, when, once you said it, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Paula Radcliffe. She was from Great Britain. Um, she was so far ahead of her mm-hmm. time. She was so much faster than everybody else. It was a lot like Joan Benoit Samuelson when when Joni was you know coming up in the 80s. Um, she was just way ahead of everybody else and. Um, What's funny about Paula Radcliffe that's different from most is her form looks, she looks terrible when Mm -hmm. she runs. Her head is bobbing around all over. She does all sorts of things that you tell people not to do when they run. Um, But she figured out a way to make it efficient. And uh, I always love running her because she, watching her because she just seems so relentless in the way that she ran. It's like, it was just. If I'm not mistaken, she was one. And the reason I think I know her name so well is because you remember when, in the early days, really before GPS, you had the foot pods. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. Well, Nike had the foot pod that went in the sole of the shoe. Right. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm pretty sure that when you were listening to your iPod, you know, you could sync it with your iPod and you could listen to, I, I think this was back then. She was one of the voices. Oh, gotcha. She was one of the early voices because cool. it was a British accent or yeah. wherever she was from yeah uh, i'm sure she was one of the first voices that you heard on either the foot pod or the early gps i'm not sure yeah but um uh, yeah that's back when they had all the different voices you could turn on and yeah it was pretty cool that's awesome well she always looked like she was running so hard and there's a, there's a guy there's a there's a male coming up right now that i think is one of those guys who runs really hard he's about to make his marathon debut connor mance remember that name because he may be he may be the real deal. Uh, anyway, uh, Paula Radcliffe, she was successful in stuff ranging from 1,500 meters all the way up to the marathon. I mean, mm. she was she's, her range was incredible. She won a couple of world cross-country titles. Um, I think there may be other, there's a, one or two men that have done that, but not many people run win world cross-country and become the best mm. marathoner in the world. Um, she was in the Olympics in 1996 and 2000 in track, but she never won a medal. Uh, she did finish as high as fourth, uh, but she just never had a really good race in the Olympics. Um, and she was an instant hit in the marathon. When she tried the marathon the first time in 2002, she set the women's only. That's a race where only women are running. Um, she set the world record in her first race, <laughs> 218.55. Um, it was only eight seconds off the world record for the in, in men's races mm-hmm. at that time. And uh, she won London three times, New York three times. She won Chicago once. 
she didn't race a ton of marathons like some people do, but she, she raced enough to just dominate when she did. She set her first marathon world record uh, later in 2002 in Chicago when she ran 217.18. Um, she eventually lowered her world record to 215.25 in the 2003 London Marathon. It's still the second fastest time in history, um, and this was run almost uh, 20 years ago. What's the current world record for women? It's 215. It's 214. Mm. 214. Oh, something, I think. Okay. Low 214. Yeah. Um, she also set the world record for the 10K in 2003. So. It's one thing to be in great shape and be a world record holder in a marathon, but to, to set a world record at a much shorter distance like that in at the same time is, is really amazing. Um, but she, again, she never won the Olympic medal. She did run the uh, um, in the Olympic marathon, I think, in two thousand and four. But I think she had an injury and something was something was going on. Um, but she just, just couldn't get over that hump with an Olympic medal. Um, and she did this crazy thing, the, the, the thing, and I had forgotten all about this until I was starting just to look at Paula Radcliffe and who she was and stuff. In a 2005 London marathon, she had to go to the bathroom really bad in the middle of the marathon. Well, being the ultra competitive person that she is, and it, this was on TV, she just, she, she went next to like a table. She kind of squatted down next to the table with her arm up on the table and just, about five seconds, she let it all out, and then she was back to running again. Um, I mean, think about how competitive you have to be to know that there's TV cameras on you, but I'm going to do this thing anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, that's one thing that, you know, it's it's one of the kind of the unspoken things talked about, like in professional sport. I mean, think about cycling. Those guys yeah. have to go sometimes. and Yeah. they, Especially if they're in a breakaway or something, they don't get off the bike. Nope. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's kind of it's kind of humorous when you talk about it, but it's I mean it's it's a reality. I mean nature calls sometimes, and yeah. you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. So uh, I remember when I was doing, I hadn't really thought about it. I, you know, I'd run marathon. I never stopped to go to the bathroom in the middle of a race. You know, mm-hmm. unless it was just an emergency situation. And uh, I remember doing that Ironman. It was the first time I ever went to the bathroom. I was like, I was on the bike, and I was like, I was like, I, you know, I I can hold it for a five-hour bike ride right no yeah. no no i couldn't yeah and i got off the bike twice during yeah. that ride yeah yeah if you're taking on the fluids like you should be you're you're gonna have to yeah expel them yeah yeah <laughs> but it worked out i went i think went to the bathroom three times twice on the bike and once on the run yeah yeah um anyway paula radcliffe of course because she was so far ahead of her time she's been accused of doping and, and other things but you know, to this point, there is no evidence of it, and um, you know she denies any of it. You, there's a lot you could say about that. We won't get into all that, but um, but it is something that that a lot of people still bring up today sometimes. But she kept a record from 2003 until 2019, and that's a pretty incredible thing to have a world record for 16 years. Yeah, so pretty wow. awesome, pretty awesome lady. So you brought up doping and cheating and have. And I've just got to bring this up because I think this is hilarious. But it's serious at the same time. Have you seen the fishing scandal? Yes, I have. Yeah. This is all over the news. <laughs> I saw it on my news channel last night. Yeah. I saw it when it first came out. But these guys were putting lead weights down in fish. And the thing, you know, the you know the sad thing about it, nobody's talked about this, but I looked at I looked at the results from that fishing tournament. 
They put eight pounds of lead in five fish to win the tournament. But you know what's sad? They would have won it without the weight. Oh, wow. They would have won I without the weight. That. Yeah, and they would have been like three or four pounds ahead. Wow. You know, and still won it. But uh, so for those of you who out there don't know, there was a big fishing tournament, a lot of money on the line. It was thirty thousand yeah. dollar pot. These guys have already won like half a million dollars in a bass boat. I mean, it's big money. And uh, they were stuffing lead sinkers down in the belly of fish that they caught, and it was they just got greedy. Is all that did. Well, yeah. I mean, they had to have done this in the past because they were holding up. And and I fished enough to know what a four or five pound fish looks like. I mean, they're about that long. They don't have the drop gut. You know, you get over six pounds, you start seeing the drop gut on them. They had this little fish up and it weighed eight pounds. And so people started to catch on and I'm surprised they got out of there without getting beat up. Yeah. I I thought they were going to get beat up because it was the crowd was particularly that particular crowd. Yeah. You know, I mean, fishermen, they're good people, great, great people, people, but and, don't cross and, them. But yeah, <laughs> they're not <laughs> don't the cheat c- and yeah. take their money. Yeah. I mean, cause it was like $400 to enter, enter this tournament. Yeah. And, uh, so anyway, you That's, brought up dope and I thought of that. So, very, uh, very interesting. So yeah. yeah, for everybody out there, I don't know if we talked about this last week. I don't know if, I don't think we did, but the coaching dashboard is now live. Yeah. Uh, it's up, it's operating. You can go on there and check it out. Uh, go once you log in, go to the members area and go down to the coaching dashboard. You can now um, set up your own class, your own 5K through the Couch to Marathon Challenge. Uh, you can set up your own class and uh, give us a few days. We'll get it online, and then you've got a link where you can share it with with your whole community. You get an email every time somebody joins your class. That's pretty cool. Um, so it's something we had on the website two versions of Go, but when we started Run Club, we we took it off, and we realized pretty quick that was a mistake, and so we've got it back now. Yeah. So now we've got – We've got to focus on Run Club, and we've still got to focus on the community classes. So uh, go out there and check that out. I, I'm going to be challenging everybody from now to the end of the year to start with us in January, start a class in your community. Maybe start with the 5K challenge, and then you know throughout that class, you might find some people that want to go on through the marathon, and then you can just roll them right into that class as well. So uh, go check it out, runforgod.com. Click on the, um, the members area and go down to coaching dashboard and it's got everything you need and what's so awesome about this to me is anybody can be a coach and you don't really need anything else no we have the coaching kit we do that is that is great to have it It helps you it walks you through week by week but you don't have to have that especially Mm -hmm. if you've taught in the past and you know how it all works then you probably don't even need that so it doesn't really cost any extra to do it yeah uh, we've got all the marketing materials on there now the facebook post that you can put up and advertise your class you can put your link right there and people can go say so it's just a really great tool to have and it, it took us a little while to get it back because um, it's this the world of websites nowadays is not simple to do it's pretty yeah. complicated but uh but it is back now so go out there yeah. and, and check it out teach a 5k challenge class social media Grocery store tabloids? Nope. The newspaper? Not usually. The national news? Are you serious? Is there any media source these days that only shares a positive message? A lot of the media we take in each day can be pretty negative. Why not make the decision right now that your music will only be positive? Sign up for an account at jradio.com today and download the app in your app store. With music for every moment and entirely positive Christian message, it'll be nice to hear things going right for a change. 
right, we're back. And if you're not tuning in on Thursday nights for the Thursday night live sessions, you need to get tuned in because we uh, it's, it's a little more interactive. It's it's fun. It's uh, we the the topic could be anything, and uh, it's uh, it's cool. Look, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about journaling mm-hmm. and and how you how you journal, and that's just uh, we'll, we're going to talk some more about that here in a minute. But it's. Uh, before we move on, I want to give a shout out to to J Radio. We just had a commercial about them. Yeah, I told you before we went on. Um, I was meeting with a guy last night. We had a guy at our church. We've got some sound issues in our church. Just you know, anytime you have a big room like that, so we brought in a guy that it's kind of what he specializes in. Is he's a sound engineer. He does like concerts, and he's the guy behind the scenes that makes it all sound good. And I was telling him about our podcast, mm-hmm. and uh, I, he said, man, I'd love to hear it. So I pulled one up and, and let him listen to it, and he was really bragging on the way this podcast sounds. Not necessarily on the two guys bantering back and forth, <laughs> yeah. but the professionalism and the way this sounds, and, and that's a testament to you. You've learned how to use all this equipment, but to also the guys at J Radio who, mm-hmm. who engineer this thing and and do all the whatever gets done to make it sound uh, like it does. So, yeah, just a shout-out to J Radio. It's a great partnership. Go check them out. Um, it's the world's greatest Christian streaming radio uh, app out there. But, uh, yeah, thanks to to Jared and Justin and Ted and all the guys up there at, at J103. They just uh, – we can't do what we do without them. Yeah, a bunch of good guys, too. Yeah, just Just sure. good guys. and. Um, I've caused them some extra work lately. So I've you said, really? Yeah, I know, right? So <laughs> yeah, so we, I so appreciate them because you know they don't whine and bellyache about it when they no. when I when I do that, but yeah. they uh, they just just get it done. Yeah, because they're good guys. All right, so we're talking about journaling. Yeah. Have you, have you journaled before? You're running? Well, I don't really journal running, but I have my strikeout list, and yeah. many times this list has. If, if I do something that's like if I run a fastest time, I'll put it in here. Uh, I have I don't journal different. A lot of people have different journals for different things. Yeah. I have what I call my strikeout list yeah. and it's notes. So I can go back years in these things and yeah. flip through. And so it's, yeah, I do journal. It's pretty cool to look back on, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Uh, and Do you journal? What, I do. Don't or do you use like real, Strava? I, I do use yeah Strava um, and uh, 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 Garmin Connect. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I make sure that everything I do goes into Garmin Connect. So a lot of days I run without my watch, and so I'll put an estimate of the, the amount of miles I wrote, ran in Garmin Connect, and that way, at the end of the year, I can look back and see this is how many miles I ran for the year because I I just like to know that that number. Uh, but I, I don't really put any details in there. So I, I was talking to one of your runners last night, and, and I'm not going to say the name, but uh, <laughs> evidently you make them put stuff into Strava yeah. for their runs. Yeah. And this one individual, she didn't run like she was supposed to, but she put her she put her run in Strava, and it simply said, I did not run. Yeah, she did. <laughs> she did. That's. I know it's not funny to you, but I think it's hilarious. <laughs> I give her credit for doing it. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. I mean, if it was me, I would have just sent me a text message. What did you think when you saw it? Did You had to laugh a little. I did. I did. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. 
Uh, you know, people are so spoiled today too because we have all this online stuff, and, mm-hmm. and we can go back and we can look at things that have happened. You know, when I was running in high school, you can't find the results of the races I ran yeah. anywhere. Yeah. I mean, they're they're gone. They're a vapor in history. Yeah. And um, the people that are running today can look at almost every run that they ran. Well, and I think that's you know, social media, Facebook in particular has has its fallacies and and bad things but that's to me that's the greatest thing about social media is i've been on it now since 2010 and so now every day i'm getting a memory of something and it's it's a time capsule yeah my facebook account is yeah. is my what used to be photo albums mm-hmm. of you know our parents generation or my even my younger generation um but so that's that's pretty cool but yeah i mean yeah young people these days they I mean, because I, I did. I was like, you, we, we talk about the lines painted out on the roads or was our mile markers, and you got yeah. in the car to drive to see how far you ran. And young people these days, they'll never know about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what's really cool. This, this, so I, I'm looking through. I saw several things. And I went back and looked at my journal that I kept my junior year of high school, my junior track season, senior cross-country season. And... um I saw stuff in there I didn't even realize. First of all, I gained 15 pounds from the time I was a junior track athlete to the time I graduated, which I didn't realize I'd gained that much. Well, I knew I'd gained some, but I didn't realize it was that much. Now, the other thing I realized is that my junior track season, now keep in mind, I ran, I ran the 800 and the mile during track season, but I got sprinter of the year. <laughs> our coach had to and i wrote it in my log i wrote coach said he had to bend the rules a bit to give me this <laughs> this award but what had happened was we had we, we only had two guys that scored any points in the state meet right. and i was one of them and the other guy won the mile ran ran really fast in the mile and um and so he got all the big awards yeah and i think coach was like well he did so good i got to give him some awards now, was so this westbrook like, yeah Okay. Yeah. So he's like, well, the 800 is close enough to a sprint. Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, it's cool to look back. I had completely forgotten about that. Hmm. Um, if somebody would have come to me and said, you remember when you ran Sprinter of the Year back in 1982? No. I would have said no. <laughs> I mean, I really didn't remember it at all. So, yeah. it, I mean, that's a cool thing about, about journaling. Uh, can remind you of things. And um, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, I remember a site back when I was young, too, where – you put in how many miles you ran every day. And in every day, what it would do is it took you on some route across the United States. And when you put in the amount of miles you ran for that day, it would show you where you were, like pictures of that spot. Hmm. It was kind of interesting to yeah. see where you were every day and see the towns and cities that you ran through. That was pretty cool. Early days of the internet was uh, a little different than today. Yeah. But I'm sure there's probably something out there like that today. Yeah. Anyway. Well, some of our Run for God family have been through some really tough times, um, and this story is about overcoming those tough times. This one comes from Nancy Breadmore, and it's called Facing Challenges and Seeing God. 2022 has been challenging for me, and I would not have made it through without Christ. On February 1st, my husband and I celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary. My husband got a text from our estranged daughter, a stepdaughter who I had helped raise, wishing us a happy anniversary. Then, at 4 a.m., 
The dogs woke me up, and my sister was at my door. I had 34 missed calls on my phone. My 31-year-old stepdaughter had a heart attack, and they didn't expect her to make it. The memory picture in my mind is my husband on his knees with his head resting on the wall. Unrecoverable is not a good word. We did not get our miracle, and she passed away. After holding, uh, after holding her on life support so she could donate her organs so that three people would have a chance to live, my grief was deep, but my priority was to help support the three of her four children that we now had in our custody. Although prayer and my Bible were, were close always, my mind went to, what, to the what-ifs and regrets. I finally realized in May that I needed to step away from work for a while to heal. And less than a week after I stepped away, my father was diagnosed and passed away from lung cancer. I spent six weeks staring at walls. I was in a horrible place, and leaning on God was just not enough. I was reading guideposts and read a story about Run for God. It was inspiring, but not enough to cause action. A week later, I ran across something else mentioning the program, and I looked it up, and then I signed up, and I turned a corner. Week one of the 5K challenge asked me to sign up for a race for accountability, and the first race at that 12 to 14 week window was raising funds for the Fox Foundation for Parkinson's disease, which my mom had. I thought God is clearly speaking to me, letting me know that I'm on the right track. I've been shuffling Christian pop music while on my workouts, and whenever I need that push, the lyrics of whatever song is on gives me the encouragement. The, the best example was don't give up at just the right time. I, I am now on week four and am still feeling great. I've been feeling better, more optimistic and happy since I signed up for this program. God is clearly speaking to me all the time. I'm on the path he wants me on and I am going back to work next week. This year has been horrible, but God is with me. I can't pretend to know the reasons for these challenges, but he is with me. Nancy, that's a, I just want to say that's a great encouragement to us. Um, you know, Dean, we, we struggle. We have meetings here and we talk about, you know, advertising and what do we do as far as advertising and should we be advertising and things like that. But you read stories like this and, it, and we, you realize, man, God's hand is in everything. Yeah. I mean, we just, we, we throw these ads out, but. He's the one that lays the eyes on them. He's the one yeah. that directs people to them. And, um, I mean, this is just another example of, you know, sometimes we get in the place of what's what's all this for, you yeah. know, or are we doing what we should be doing? And, and this puts it in perspective that we are and that it's way bigger than us. Yeah. We could have never, ever orchestrated this. Nope. But God did. Yeah, and did. it's it's humbling and it's, it's uh, I mean, I just... I had chills as you were reading this. So, yeah. uh, Nancy, thanks for thanks for sending this in. And I have no doubt that there's people out there who needed to hear this. Yeah. 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 It, it, it's really cool that running can replace some of those bad feelings and mm -hmm. thoughts and things that, that we have. And I know we give running enough credit sometimes for being able to do that. Um, but we're going to talk more about that in Dean's thoughts here in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Psalm 23, 3, he refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his sake. 
And she says, my soul was heavy with grief and regret. He unburdened my soul and showed me the path I needed to take for healing. You know, that's when God shows up the loudest, Mm -hmm. the most obvious sometimes is when we need him the most. When we get to that lowest point, um, I think that's where God God shows up. I mean, I've shared the story on here before about my kind of it was a it was a very specific moment in time where God finally he let me get to to a spot where you know I was just in in bad shape and he just kind of it's almost like he just kind of let me wander around and then he positioned himself right in front of me and grabbed me by the shoulders and said I'm right here just pay attention I'm right here and from that moment forward my whole life has changed, yeah. right? And uh, well, I mean, I, I don't know why I've got this word picture in my head, but I mean, you think about the movies when you know somebody somebody needs to focus, and you can tell in the movie that they're just they're not focused, they can't get focus, and a friend comes up to them, and what usually happens? They smack them in the face, yeah, and said, "Listen to me, yeah." God doesn't smack us in the face literally, but so many times he he does he does this. He yeah. he has to. He has to do something drastic to get our attention, and, yeah. and I don't I don't know what was going on in, in Nancy's life. I don't know the situation. I'm not going to pretend to know the situation, but many times God will use things in our life to get our attention because that's when we become hyper focused. Yeah. When when things are are going bad in our lives, that's when we tend to focus on God the the most. Because we've talked about when things are good, sometimes that's a that can be a bad thing. When things are yeah. so good that we start to drift away, and we need that smack sometimes. Yep. And when we learn, when we begin to learn that that smack is a good thing, yeah, we can really start to have a different perspective on God. But so many times, and and I put myself in this same boat, we get we get angry at God. Yep, and and that that is showing. To me, it's showing spiritual immaturity. And like I said, I'm pointing to myself here. Because if we're spiritually mature and we're walking where we should be walking, then we would be saying, thank you, God. Yeah. Now, obviously, you're never going to thank God for death, things like that. But when you look at, at the picture as a whole, yeah, God allows us to go through these valleys. That's why he gives us the 23rd Psalm. Yeah. Um, because he, he allows us to walk there. But we've got to understand he's right there with us. Yeah. Yeah, good. Well said. Psalm twenty-three. Um, what almost everybody has heard it, and uh, this is the twenty-third psalm. The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hmm. And she follows that up with, Although hard to hear, this provided so much comfort to me. I actually had this as my lock screen on my phone to remind me that God was with me always. 
There's a reason why the 23rd Psalm is one of the most well-known scriptures, mm-hmm. because it is so powerful. There's so much in those few lines. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it, it's interesting to me because it's the way God uses us. God uses us in things that we know and that we're good at. And this was no different here because David right, wrote this Psalm. David was a shepherd. Mm-hmm. David understood what right. a shepherd was. And, and so this is all in his language, but it's God's words. Sure. And uh, a lot of times I think the idea of God being our shepherd, I think we we say it. It's really easy to kind of take lightly and to realize how important a shepherd was to the sheep back in that day that um, they kept them from harm. They kept them you know feed they fed them they watered and you know all the things that they needed that shepherd made sure that they got and that's what god does for us he makes sure that we get what we need and the interesting thing about the shepherd analogy here is that you know being a shepherd in that day and time was a lowly job david was the youngest of his siblings the reason he was the shepherd is because he was the lowest on the totem pole mm-hmm. you know the his brothers had gotten to do all the all the big grand things he was just a shepherd and god puts himself in that position for us yeah purposefully and points it out in the bible and i just think that's incredible yeah and I, this this is kind of coming into my brain right now i don't I, I didn't think about this earlier but i'm thinking about it now you know the bible talks about in the 23rd psalm it it, it it never says that attacks won't come. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's given all these pictures of David being a shepherd and walking them by still waters, and it, it gives a picture of peace in the face of trial. It says right. that he, he prepares a table in front of his enemies. Yeah. <clears throat> I think the point that I'm trying to make here is God will... The bad thing about a bad situation is not the situation. It's what comes after it. Yeah. Um, how we react. How we react. And and usually to, to non-believers and, and people who aren't walking close with Christ, when they go through a situation like Nancy went through, and God never says that those situations aren't going to come. In fact, he says they are going to come. Mm-hmm. But if we have a, a close relationship with him— Look at how she's handling it. Yeah. She's drawing, she's becoming closer to him. She's She's got peace. It doesn't make it easier, but she has peace. The sad part about when, when bad things come, when bad things happen, and they will, and, and you're not walking closer with God, is it gets worse. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, they they start to get bitter mm-hmm. and hatred. We talked about hatred last night with the, the high school boys. Um all these things that come as a result of a trial if you're if you're walking with Christ it makes you better it makes you stronger it gets you closer to God but if you're not walking with God it can send you off into those dark places where people mm-hmm. many times never recover from yeah you know they get this hardness of their heart and they blame God and they blame other people and i think this is what God is talking about here is he he he's not going to protect us necessarily from the situation Mm-hmm. But he's going to protect our hearts in the days following that. Yeah, um, you know it says. Uh, oh, let me go back up to it. 
Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. That's that's going beyond mm-hmm. the situation. Mm-hmm. And it's saying that if we're walking with him, we can walk through these low places, these low valleys that we will go through. It's, 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 I think I think a lot of times we can misconstrue this, that he's going to protect us from those situations. Right, but that's not what it says. But he says it. We're in the presence of our enemies. Yep. We have enemies around us all the time. Many times it's it's spiritual enemies yeah. around us, um, but that God will not shield us from that, but He'll protect us through it. Yeah. And when we get to the other side, we'll be better for it. And this picture, I mean, what what do we do when when we just want to kind of hang out and relax with somebody? What do we do? We have a meal, right? Right. We invite somebody over. We we have dinner, or we go out to eat, or whatever. And that's that's how we. That's our good time, right? That's we, we enjoy that time. And God is saying that even right in front of your enemies, even right. when they're right in your face, even when they're right there, you can relax. I got this. Yeah. And uh, I just, that picture of, of under being convicted and being able to relax right there and just kind of look, look at, you know, look over your shoulder at your enemy while you're having a feast is right. awesome. Because we're putting it all on. Him. That's right. I mean, we've said That's in here before, stress is selfishness. Yeah. Stress is saying, God, you can't handle this, so I need to handle it myself. Yeah. And that's where you start to go the other way that I just talked about. And when you take it all on yourself, you become bitter, yeah. hatred, you know, all depressed. All, all the things can slip in when we try to do it in our power. That's the whole idea. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And she follows with another mantra through my struggles. I leaned on Christ and God to get me through each moment, then followed the message messages that led me to this program. And, you know, she's really transparent in this, too, in saying at one point there in, in her writing that God wasn't didn't feel like enough at right. one point in time. She says God wasn't enough, but I think what she means is it didn't feel like God was enough for right. me at that point in time. And that's so vul- a vulnerable thing to say. A lot of us don't want to say that. Yeah, we don't. We don't want to admit that. Um, but we all sure get to that point every single. And one that's of us. why it's so important to have these moments in your life that you can look back on. You know, mm-hmm. I'm sure that Nancy, she'll she'll go through something else again mm-hmm. before she leaves this earth, but she'll have this to look back on it. And that's right. you know, we talk about hindsight's twenty twenty. You know, people say you shouldn't look back, but we say you must. And this is going to be one of those times in her life that she can look back on and say, oh, yeah, God was right there the whole way. Even though he doesn't feel like it right now, Mm -hmm. my feelings deceive me. I can look back and I can see in every situation he was right there every step. And, you know, she's doing exactly what the 23rd Psalm says here. Because God is saying that the reason why we go through all this stuff and the reason why we should be relaxed and and appreciate what he's what he does for us is for his glory it says in there for his for his glory and so what is she doing she's taking tragic circumstances and she's adding in a little mixture of a a run for god program and what and she's sharing this with everybody Mm -hmm. to make everybody and what she's doing is she's saying i couldn't have done this she says it right in the beginning i couldn't have done this without christ and so she's it, it is for his glory, and that's what 
That's what Philippians 4.13 is really all about. Well, and it's why it's so important that we share, because what's, what is the most impactful thing? What If you were going to, I don't know, say there's something you want to buy. Say it's a chainsaw. I don't know. I'm pulling something out of the air here. Yeah. And you go online and you research all the chainsaws. You read about all the chainsaws. And you have a pretty good idea of what chainsaw you're going to buy. But your neighbor, who you know and you respect, and he comes over and says, Dean, man, I know you're thinking about buying a chainsaw, but I've I've got this Husqvarna chainsaw. It's the best thing ever. Come look at it. It's yep. I highly recommend it. Over all the stuff you read, all the research you did, that testimony, and that's what it is. It's a testimony. That's right. His testimony of that Husqvarna chainsaw will mean more than everything else. Yeah. And that's why it's so important that we sh- that we share. And because he wasn't think about the, think about the story I'm telling. You don't look at him and say, Psh, "I can't believe you're pushing this on me." Yeah. You're like, "Wow." I mean, now some people might, "Well, I don't care what you say. I I'm going with what I read." Okay. Yeah. But most people are willing so long as you have the relationship, it's your next-door neighbor who you trust mm-hmm. and you you believe you're open to that conversation we have the greatest chainsaw in history we have the greatest <laughs> whatever you want to put the label on it we have the savior who can who wants us to live with him for eternity and can save us from eternal damnation we should be going to our neighbor i don't know what how i'm getting off on this but we should be going to our neighbor and sharing our testimony exactly what Nancy's doing here. She's sharing how God worked in her life and it's going to encourage believers, but it's also going to open the eyes of non-believers and say, wow, I went through something similar to what Nancy did and I was bitter and I hated and I was depressed for months after. But she has a completely different outlook. What's different? And it's it's the, the, te- the golf ball's teed up, the plate's set, whatever analogy you want to use. It's easy at that point. Yeah. But we've got to do it. That's a great, great analogy. I love that. Um, And, you know, here's the other interesting thing here, too. And you you brought up the chainsaw. Uh, If you're going to cut some stuff and you need a chainsaw, you got to go out and get the chainsaw, right? Sure. And in this case, Nancy could have heard all of these things, could have had all these inputs. The neighbor could have come over and said, you know, you could have done all the research and the neighbor could have said, hey, I'll, this is the one that I think, you know, that I really like and check this thing out. And then she could have said, I'll get to it later. Right. But she didn't. Sure. She got up and she did something about it. And I think that's something we we can't overlook. We we there, we the action that we have to take um, is important. And uh, and she did it. And kudos to her yeah. for doing it, because it sounds like God is rewarding for her for that action question why does god test us like job i know i've always liked your take on testing um yeah i think i mean you know there's testing and there's tempting Mm -hmm. and sometimes those can they can look similar yeah um but we have to learn that testing always leads to something great why do we do workouts to get i mean they hurt they're hard Sometimes we want to die, but we do them anyway. Mm-hmm. And we have to get to the point where we welcome tests from God just as much as we welcome workouts. Now, sometimes 
to do that workout we're holding our nose and we're we're turning it up and we're getting through it and that's okay yeah every day is not going to be roses yep but we do it anyway and and testing we we get this we get this as athletes as runners we get this with schooling and we get this with benchmarks in our job we understand that we have to do hard things to get better we understand that as a society Mm -hmm. but why do we have this disconnect and i say we because i'm i'm right there at the top that when god allows us to start walking into something hard we start complaining Mm -hmm. we start blaming god we start saying god why are you doing why 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 well I mean, yeah, we do that sometimes with our workouts, but we we know we know the reason, even though we're saying why. We have to welcome these tests, just like we welcome workout, welcome a workout, if we have any plan of getting better. Yeah, yeah, it's like the tree we had talked about before. You know, there was a tr- they had this big biodome, you know, where they had all this stuff in this and. and there's a tree in there, and suddenly one day that tree fell over. Mm-hmm. And they're like, why? you got all these perfect conditions in this dome. Sure. Biologically, the soil is perfect. It's got the right amount of moisture. Everything is perfect, but the tree fell over. Why did it fall over? Well, because the roots didn't grow deep into the ground, and the reason they didn't grow deep into the ground is because it wasn't stressed. Mm-hmm. The, the tree needs wind. Mm-hmm. To create to for the for the roots to go down deeper into the sure. into the ground, and they didn't do it. And if we're never tested, like the tree, we're going to fall over. Mm-hmm. And so we need those tests. We need to understand that they're good for us, just like the workouts. It's a good analogy, and uh, yeah, we we just need to do it for sure. Another question: What can we do to see God speaking to us? The only thing I know is to be as close to Him as possible. Yeah. You know, um, and I, I look at it from my, from my perspective, how do I know God is speaking to me? Um, and I think that's a question a lot of people have. And I, I, here's what I think about that first. Um, there is no doubt that God speaks to us in many ways, mm-hmm. right? He speaks to us through Bible, through prayer, the, the, the things we initially think about, but he also speaks to us through other people. He speaks to us through prayer. In this case, he spoke to Nancy through some advertising. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's so many ways. A song, she mentioned some song, some song stuff. It, it, there's so many ways that he can get our attention. He can talk to us. And the, the indication to me that God is talking to me is when that thing is outside of my normal thought, right? Mm-hmm. So if God prompts me to go to somebody that I don't even know and ask them, you know, where do you go to church or do you go to church or something like that? That's not a comfortable thing for me. I always say it's untimely and out of character. Untimely and out of character. It's a good way to put it. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that's the first thing. And, and that's how I know is when, when God's asking me to do something that's not my normal thing, it clearly has to be God. Cause why, why else would I be thinking those crazy thoughts? Yeah. Right. Uh, and that could be just about anything. Uh, and it's, when, when God's asking you to put yourself in an uncomfortable situation, that's God. Well, and that's kind of the crossroads where you start to really determine, is it tempting or is it testing? Yeah. Because tempting is also crazy thoughts. Yeah. It's usually untimely and out of character. Mm, it's true. But you got you to gotta look at the end result. 
you know, going and, and buying a meal for that person on the street. You, you have this urge to do that. It's, it's untimely. You got to get somewhere and it's out of character. That's not something I do every day. It's going to lead to something good. Mm-hmm. It's potentially going to lead to a conversation about Jesus versus you have this urge to look at something you shouldn't look at on the internet. Mm. That's untimely and hopefully out of character, but at least to destruction. And sometimes, sometimes those can get very close together. That's, that's a pretty extreme example, but sometimes those can get it, it pretty close because you start getting into the realm of justifying. Yeah. I can justify doing this because it could possibly, when you start having to do that, if it's, if it's, if it's God calling you, it's going to be very clear. Yeah. But sometimes we try to pull tempting over to that clarity side. And if you're having to work to do it, it's, yeah. it's, it's a, it's a tempt. Yeah. It's not a test. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, sometimes it's, it's really obvious. God, a lot of times people who are non-believers, they like to call things coincidences. You mm-hmm. know, um, I've I've shared this story about um, you know the when whenever I had been working yeah you know, just quick story I I made I was making less than half the amount of money I made when I was at my former job sure. right at, at at the point that I started with Run for God a year after I was working with Run for God I thought well I need to look let me look at my bank account let me see how much more money how much less money do I have in there now than I had a year ago that way I know okay what's the shortfall. And so I looked, I remember it was January 27th and I remember looking at it and realizing I only had 500 less dollars in the bank than I had a year prior. Mm-hmm. And I, that was God's way of saying, I got you where I want you. I got you doing what I want you to do. And to me, it was a clear message from God. But then an hour later, I came over here, walked in this room. Mm-hmm. And when I walked in, you said, ah, wish I'd have known you were coming. I just put a check in the mail to you for five hundred dollars, which <laughs> meant which meant basically I was even, and it was yeah. God's exclamation point saying, "I told you, yeah, you're fine." And and now that was God. I'm I'm a hundred percent convinced that was God's way of saying, "Quit worrying about money." And I don't worry about money. Anymore. Yeah, I mean, there's certain things you have to worry about, but it's not. It, it's com- it completely changed There's everything. There's much bigger things. Yeah. And that was, all of that whole situation was outside of normal for, yeah. even when the com- the comment that you made was outside of something right. that you would normally say. Right. And it was, it was so clearly God because it was so clearly outside of what, what is normal. So I think there's one other thing that we need to talk about regarding this question. What can we do to see God speaking to us? I'm guilty of this. You you know it's clearly God speaking. But we do that whole we kinda and if you can see what I'm doing on camera, you're you're like you think if you look away that God will stop saying it. Yeah. It's yeah. it's it falls into that ignoring category where okay, if I just if I just start doing something else, maybe God will stop. Mm-hmm. So many times we hear God clearly. And if it's something that falls outside our comfort zone or it's we, we say we don't have time or we throw up all the excuses. But so many times the answer to this question is just do it. Yeah. Just do it. We hear it. It's clear. We, 
There's no question where it's coming from, but we throw up all the quit making excuses, I guess is my answer. One of the answers to this question, because so many times we fall into that category that God's asking us to do something and, and we just don't do it. And those are the ones, man, those are the ones when we get to heaven and, and we're giving an account of our lives. God's asking you to do something. There are eternal consequences for doing it or not doing it. Mm-hmm. We can't see that most of the time. We can't see, give that homeless person a meal. We hand them a box of food or whatever it is, and we walk away. We never know what happens yeah. to that person. They could be, they could go on to become the greatest evangelist this world's ever known. Yep. We 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 may not ever know that till we get to heaven, mm-hmm. but we will then. Yeah. We will know the consequences of our actions when we get there. That's those are going to be uncomfortable conversations. Yeah. And I don't want to have them, but. I know I'm going to have to because I know I've done that. Yep. And I try every day to do less and less, but sometimes we just need to do it. That's true. Last question. How can we find peace when your world is falling apart? I think two things. You you got to know where peace comes from. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's from God, period. We've talked about that so many times on here. And um, it, it's easy to say hard to do the idea of of what this whole thing is about is is just kind of trusting god and but that that's that's number one and then um not only knowing where peace comes from but then doing it um we we and, and by that i mean we have to become that empty vessel that god needs for him to give him the peace that he wants to give us yeah and so recognizing where it comes from and then being an open vessel and willing to listen, which is just what we were just talking about. Yeah. Not ignoring him, just move, you know, get, be, being willing to be formed by God. Well, sometimes it's also just stopping. Just stop. You know, things start to fall apart, we, we start doing. Yeah. I know me and you are this way because yeah. we're, we're doers, but sometimes we, we just make things worse. Yeah. You know, we're, we have a splinter in our finger and, and we just start jabbing more splinter, splinters in our finger. When sometimes all you got to do is just stop, let the body push it out. Right. Sometimes God, he's He's doing a work in you, but we're fighting against him, trying to do things to fix the situation that we can't fix. That's true. And sometimes you just need to stop. Yep. You also have to recognize that sometimes what it takes to to be open is to get rid of some things that get in your way Mm -hmm. so you've mentioned taking social media off your phone Mm -hmm. that was something that got in the way if you like to watch tucker carlson but that gets you all fired up and worked up you need to stop watching tucker carlson Mm -hmm. you know i mean it's whatever that thing is that gets you pointed in a in a direction that god wouldn't really have you to be that's need to get rid of those things sure. and there's a million of those things out there so yep um, you have to you have to want to be used by god um, it's a lot like running right um you can say that you want to run under 25 minutes for example for a 5k but what are you doing to make that possible you know we can say we want peace and we want god to fill us up but what are we doing mm-hmm. to make that happen Um, So, yeah, I think that's important.
Do you struggle with motivation to exercise? Are you looking for something that will challenge you and inspire and motivate you? The Run for God Run Club is just what you need to get off the couch and on your way to a fitter, healthier you. Stop trying to get into better shape and do it. With the help and inspiration of thousands of others who are going through the same challenges you face. Whether you're participating in the Couch to Marathon Challenge or just looking for a daily pick-me-up to get active, join the Run for God Run Club today. You can join for as little as 27 cents a day. So what are you waiting for? Get started today at www.runforgod.com. All right, we're back. So running streaks, good or bad? What do you think? I think you're kind of, I think it's a bad idea. I think you're kind of crazy if you have running streaks. You're probably a bad person if you have running streaks. Probably. Um, you're, yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think they're, I think they're good. You know, you, you obviously you need to be to a point where you can do that. You don't need to start running. You don't need to start the 5K challenge and decide you're going to do a running streak. Yeah. Not a good idea. Yeah. So, before we get into your running streak, we need to put put that out there that That's you you you've been doing this for how many years? Seventy yeah. years? Yeah, something like that. Um, Maybe 80. so you, you got to be conditioned for it. But I think it's great. I think it's you know I you know me I'm consistency is key yeah. uh, to anything. And if you can be consistent in doing that every day, that will bleed over into other areas of your life, yeah. and it's a good thing. But it can be a problem. It can. Be, yeah, it can get to the point where you don't get enough rest, or you know you're forcing it when when you shouldn't and that kind of thing and like you said i run every day my body has become so resistant to injury that you know whenever i i mean i'll have a pain or an ache or a pain or something and sometimes it'll just it'll hurt it'll be Mm -hmm. it'll be bad but it's like i have this thought in my mind it'll go it'll go away by tomorrow and most of the time a little hard-headed is what you're saying i'm a little (laughs) hard-headed but most of the time it does go away you know right now i'm i'm ignoring a, a knee issue right now that i would say that a lot of people would go oh oh that's a red flag for me it's just i'm gonna be uncomfortable running for a few days and uh, it kind of got it got bad after the race i ran this past weekend and um it's gonna be fine by the end of the week so where do you say for people out there listening and they're saying well you tell us to to not ignore these things to listen our body where's the line I don't know where the line is, and I think it's different for everybody. But yeah. I'll tell you this: I'm a, I'm a hundred, I'm one hundred percent convinced of this. I believe that the reason why I can get through these things, like this knee issue I have right now, is because I'm convinced in my mind it's going to heal itself. Right. And I think so many people are convinced in their mind the opposite: that oh no, this is going to derail me. I think that our body does what we our mind tells it to do the whole psychosomatic thing it's a real thing there's a um there's a thing called psychosomatic disorder it's 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 a big thing it's a real thing where people think they have an injury even when there is absolutely no evidence whatsoever they're convinced i've got this horrible this this hurts so bad uh you know we've talked before about a girl on my uh, cross country team who um, everything is extreme. Mm-hmm. She either feels the best she's ever felt or she feels the worst she's ever felt. There's <laughs> never an in between. And 
And I, I think, I think that's that, teenagers in general. Well, that's po- possible. <laughs> but but I mean, I, I really think your brain leads you in that direction. I think it has physical manifestations. And I think the idea that in my mind, my knee is going to feel better, it it makes it heal faster. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. We talked about the whole me and my chemo. Was yeah. it last week we talked about yeah. that? Yeah. I, I agree with that. But I also, in the, in the running realm and as it relates to injuries, I, I feel like I can't stress enough that you've been doing it for 40 years. That's right. And so you, you know, you know your body well enough now mm-hmm. to know what's an injury and what's not an injury. But most people listening to this, and I even put myself in this category, I don't do it enough to really know. So for me, the test is always, can you put your finger on it? Yeah. Can you put your finger on it and make it hurt? And if you can do that, then you probably need to give it a day or two of rest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you've been doing it so long, your body's conditioned and mentally, you know, you know what's right and what's wrong. You know what you can push through and what you can't push through. So I guess the point is, if you're out there, this is not the time to be like Dean. Don't just yes. don't just decide, hey, Dean can do it. I can do it because we don't need our inbox filling up with people with I've got a stress fracture now. You know, I've done that with Dean. I, I tried to <laughs> run with Dean one time when I shouldn't have been running with Dean and I wound up with a stress fracture. So take my advice. You know, li- listen to your body is all I'm trying to say. Yeah, it is important to listen to your body. But, but here's you the can over listen. You can overthink That's right. it. You can That's overthink exactly right. it. That's exactly right. I listen to my body. I just tell it to shut up a lot. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you just, yeah. How you treat those things, I think, is important. If you treat it in a way that's, po- I guess what I'm saying is if you treat the, the aches and the pains that you have in a positive way, then I think your outcomes are typically better than if you think everything that happens is going to be the end of the world. Yeah. And I think that's the bottom line. All right, it's a time for Dean's thoughts, and that's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. Do you know anyone who's overcome some sort of addiction through running? I do. Well, this one's called Addiction Replacement. I have a a couple of friends who are runners today but only picked up the sport after going through some tough times. Both were alcoholics at one time. They replaced the addiction to alcohol with an addiction to running, more or less. It happens all the time. The truth is that when you step to the starting line of a race, a significant portion of the runners have escaped one addiction by using running as a replacement. They may not have seen it that way at the time they picked up running, but that's the way it turns out very often. So what is my point? I'm not saying that running cures all ills. I'm not really commenting on running's ability to improve people's lives, though we see it all the time. The reason I bring it up is this. We all have an addiction to something. The only question is, what are we addicted to? This is, it is part of our humanity. We all become obsessed with something. Some will go from one thing to another, replacing the obsession monthly or yearly. For others, it's a lifelong obsession. For some, the obsession controls everything they do. For others, it's just something they love to do, and they do it every chance they get. No matter your circumstances, you have something you just can't wait to do. Is it that morning cup of coffee? Is it a particular food item? Or maybe it's running or some other type of exercise. Or perhaps it's something more sinister. Maybe there is something you're struggling with that holds you captive and is not good for you. 
If we're going to have an obsession or addiction, it is important that it is something that is positive or at least neutral. Running is positive. Walking, positive. Coffee, neutral. Chocolate, well, let's not get carried away. Easy, Dean. <laughs> Obviously, something like alcohol addiction is negative, and there are many others. We could talk about so many things. And here's another thought. Anything that becomes too dominant in your mind can be a problem. Running is great, but this ministry was started because it became too much. Going to church is a great thing, but being involved in church can be too much too. What do I mean? Well, if you're too focused on a program or gathering to see your friends, you have to ask yourself, why am I at church? It is true that we should gather with other believers. The Bible is clear on that point, but our purpose is twofold, worship and becoming the best disciple we can be. If we're not focused on those two things, but we're yearning to be in church, are we addicted to something other than what we should be? Don't get me wrong. We can be pretty excited about going to church and seeing our friends. We can gather and talk about what is going on in our lives. That's all great. But we are there to worship with those people. We are there to be better disciples with those people. Why? Because we all can use external motivation to keep us on track. The line between being, being there for the right reason and the wrong reason can be pretty thin. And if your addiction is something other than reading your Bible, prayer, worship, or sharing Jesus with others, maybe you can replace that yearning for one thing with something better. We're all obsessed or addicted to something. We just need to ensure it is something God would think is positive. It's a great story, Dean. Well, we saw this with the Pharisees, right? Mm -hmm. The whole being addicted to religion. Right. Um, and we, have to, we do have to be careful about that. Um, and uh, atheists think we're crazy for being addicted to to God, right? Mm -hmm. That's the way they look at us. I think that's an interesting thought. And they'll claim that um, they don't lean on anything, right? That they they don't have any crutch to lean. Yes, they do. Yeah, everybody has something, and the atheists have something else. You know, maybe it's uh, um, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to get into politics. But a lot for a lot of it, it's, it's political sure. stuff. I mean, some people are so obsessed with politics that that is a religion to them, and they are addicted and obsessed. Yeah. To it, and uh, yeah, I think it's important. So, <clears throat> how do you know? How do you know if what that good thing is? How do you know if it's a problem? How do you know if it if it that addiction falls into the the category of idolship? Well, God has to be first. Mm -hmm. Your your whole reason for existence is again twofold: to worship God and to share Christ with others, to make other disciples. And if if what you're doing is pushing you past that or mm -hmm. away from that, then I think then it's too much. I mean, the the whole Run for God program is a good example. Yeah, you know, running became too much, and fortunately, somebody pointed it out to you, mm -hmm. and and you did something with it, and I. I think it's, it's it's as good an example of any. Yeah, I, but I think we need to, you know, I, I was very blessed in that somebody pointed it out to me. But I think many times there's things in our lives that we don't know. Until HR said what he said, I didn't know. I didn't yep. know running had become that in my life because I can make all the arguments. Well, I'm really not good at it. I'm not like a, I'm not like, I'm not a 237 marathoner. I'm a four hour marathoner. How can this, but I think one thing that I've learned to do 
since that point, because I was, I was ignorant of the fact at the time. This is where you have to ask God to search your heart. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got something in your life. You'd love to do it. I mean, like you said, church, mm-hmm. you know, but this is where sometimes you have to, and these, this is not a comfortable place to be because we, we, these are our sacred cows, right? Mm-hmm. You know, this Bible study, it's, it's a Bible study. I don't, I don't need to bring this to God. Yeah. You might, mm-hmm. you might need to. Yep. And, to me, the answer to the question is, how do you know? Is you ask God to search your heart, and he will make it clear. Yeah. But this is one of those times that I was just talking about where a lot of times we turn our heads. Yeah. We hear God saying, hey, Mitchell, check check your motives. Check your motives for why you're going to church every Wednesday night, whatever it is. Yeah. And so many times we're just like, that must be the devil because I'm yeah. going to church, and we turn our heads. and. True. It's God all along, and so you, you gotta you gotta have those honest times sometimes, yeah. and we all have those situations in our lives. A lot of times they are good. Yeah. I mean, the obvious ones are obvious. Right. You know, you're addicted to heroin. Okay, that's pretty simple. But you're you're going to that Bible study group just because you like the food and hanging out with those people. That yeah. that one gets a little blurry, but mm-hmm. we've got to be intentional about asking God to check our motives so many times. And that's not a comfortable thing to do. And you know what I can't help but think about is that those things like that Bible study, my mother, my mother was a reader. Mm-hmm. When I, I remember when I was really young, my mother had a book in her hands all the time. I mean, she was always reading. Well, you know, at some point in her life, um, she got a, an eye, de- degenerative eye disease, she couldn't read anymore. Mm. It was taken away from her. Um, anything of this world, you have the potential for that to happen. Running, I, you know, God forbid, something could happen to me tomorrow. I could never run another step in my life. Um, so it's important that the one eternal thing that we can focus on is our number one focus because that can't be taken away from us. Well, and, and to your point, Anything that becomes an idol to us, it becomes who we are, not what we do. And yeah. anytime we let something become who we are and not what we do, if for whatever reason it's taken away from us, we we lose our identity. That's right. I mean, I can I could lose running today. I, I, I say this with all confidence. I could lose running today. I could be in a, a car accident and lose the use of my legs. And I feel like I would be fine because it is what we do. I mean, we're in this ministry every day. We are the run for God guys to a lot of people, but that's not who I am. And I have comfort in that. Now, are there other areas of my life that could be, could from time to time get into that category of that's who I am? Possibly. But I, I hope that my relationship is where it needs to be so that God lets me know that. And he has. Every, even since Run for God started, there's been other things that have slipped into my life that, man, I thought that was good, mm-hmm. and it, and they are good, yeah. But it's where we it's where we let them take, it's what position we let them take, is what's dangerous. Yeah, Amen.
At Run For God, we care about more than just your exercise. We care about your relationship with God, and we believe that the music you listen to while you run can help you build your relationship with God. That's why we partner with J Radio. J Radio offers a variety of positive and Christian playlists to listen to while you run. You can find a playlist that I put together on the Run For God station at J Radio. week I share a reason why running is so awesome and this is my reason for this week playlists you talking about the ones that have gospel songs in them southern gospel songs on J Radio Mitchell's playlist on J Radio is that the ones you're talking about I was thinking more of Dean's playlist on J Radio it's way better but I don't know about that they're both good they're both good for sure but playlist you know a lot of people like to listen to music when they run and it's kind of fun to choose what you're going to listen to when you run and um, and even if you just do it occasionally it's it's fun well i will say i tried to run a half marathon one time and the only thing on my playlist was gold city whoops which is a southern i mean an incredible southern gospel but for two hours eh, it's a little much so that's why my playlist now on j radio it's it's kind of a a good mixture (laughs) so uh yeah, I had never listened to music when I ran a race until last year's Big Beach, well, earlier this year, Big Beach Marathon. It's the first time I ever did it. And I had an awful lot of fun really? just putting together a playlist to listen to that. And that was the, the it was the one and only race I'd ever done that with until this past weekend. I ran that 10K listening to music. Really? Yeah. And I I don't know. I don't know if it helped. How did you do this past weekend? I don't think I've asked you that. Yeah, I, I ran well. Did you? I ran uh, 35-24, won the race. Wow. Um, Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, it was was fun. It was was a good race. I was very evenly paced. My goal was to run every kilometer between 330 and 336. And I ran, my my fastest was 327 and my slowest was 337. So what did you say your time was? 35-24. And that's what pace for a 10K? Uh, 542. Good job, Dean. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. I was really pleased with it. Anyway, um, yeah, playlists are fun. So there was something that came out recently, and I this was fascinating to me. That um, it's kind of at a seminar, so it, the, the study itself hasn't really come out. This is just preliminary talks about this study, and it showed that if you run too much, it's bad for you. Now, this has happened before. <laughs> you love these studies, don't you? <laughs> I do. I love them. I love I love to talk about them. Uh, back in 2012, a similar study came out that showed that basically what it said was if you run up to 20 miles, that's good for you. Anything above 20 miles, bad for you. And so you must be in terrible shape. Yes. Yes. So, And this thing came out, and it was just blasted all over the place, and all of a sudden it was terrible to run too many miles. and I mean, it just it blew up. It was a big, big deal. But then they found out, after they went and really dug into the study, and before it was peer-reviewed, and once it was peer-reviewed, they found out, yeah, none of that was true, that the study was flawed, and that, no, running more is actually good for you. What is the statistic that you give on studies? What is that you say sometimes? That studies, I don't know. Most you, studies are not. <laughs> it's something, uh, I'll think about it here in a second. Yeah. You basically say like 97% of studies are, I don't know. 
I don't know if that's me. I'll come so, back to so, that. But, but I'll figure that out here in the, a second. The, the, the interesting thing is in this particular study, it showed that actually uh, men who exercised more, that ran too much, it was bad for them, but not women. So that was a, a, a difference here from, from the original one. But what happens is apparently when we're running, it turns out that our aorta, which mm-hmm. is the, you know, the main um, place we have for our blood to flow into the heart, uh, or is that out of the heart? Uh, I can't remember which direction that's going. Anyway, but the, the idea is that your aorta gets stiffer the mm-hmm. more you run, and that's a bad thing for it to get stiffer. But And, and so it builds up, and the reason it gets stiffer is because it builds up more plaque in your, uh, in your aorta. The difference is apparently that the the plaque and this this was a David Epstein asked uh, had an interview about this with the guy who did this and um, or, or he talked to Alex Hutchinson actually and they were talking about Alex Hutchinson has wrote the book Endure he's a really smart guy he understands all the science behind all of this stuff and uh, basically he said the difference is is that the the stiffness of the aorta that is true but the stiffness of the aorta for a runner is very stable so yes you get some plaque buildup but that plaque buildup is very stable it's not going to loosen up and then you know get into your bloodstream and then cause you know a heart attack or a Mm -hmm. stroke Um, whereas if you're not a runner the buildup that you get is typically not stable Mm -hmm. and can become a problem so um so it it all it all depends i just uh, it, it was an interesting study, but I, I, I gather what's going to happen from this study is it's going to be just like the one in 2012, where the one in 2012, we found out, yeah, that wasn't true. We're kind of at that same stage here where we've talked about it, but it's not been peer-reviewed. And once it's peer-reviewed, we're going to find out, yeah, actually running's good for you. I'm sure that's what's going to happen. I think back to my grandparents. I used to eat at their house every Sunday when I was little. And it seemed like every week, this week, my grandfather had the salt on the table. And the next week, he wouldn't have the salt on the table because salt was bad for you. <laughs> and then the next week, the salt would be back on the table because he read a study showing that it was good for you. It's true. And that's the thing with these studies is yeah. what what do you believe? I, th- I think I, I always go back to moderation. Yep. Just run in moderation. Yep. Be consistent. And it's it's got to be good for you. Well, and here's my favorite quote about this subject. Amby Burfoot, who was a Boston Marathon winner and wrote, he was an editor for uh, Runner's World and big name in the running community. And, and here's his quote when somebody questioned him about the health of running. He said, if you really think there's a problem, show me the bodies. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and when you look at it that way, you're like, yeah, there's he died from running. Show me all the names. Yeah. 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 Show me all the people that died because they ran too much. Right. Then then I'll, I'll listen to you. But otherwise, <laughs> yeah, um, the eyeball test is pretty good uh, when you look at it from a from a running standpoint. Right. So I think that's uh, and one thing that I know for sure is that you can look at the physical effects of running, but the mental side of running and what it does for you mentally. I mean, my sanity. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm way more sane because I run. Yeah. <laughs> so We have a trivia question for this week. The 2018 Boston Marathon will be remembered for several reasons. One of those reasons is the unlikely winner of the men's race. Who was the winner of the 2018 Boston Marathon? And add, where was he from? 
You know this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't remember his name, but no, I, uh, yeah, but I do know it. You remember yeah. the story because it was the an story. awesome yeah. story. Yeah. 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 So uh, check that out and get back to me at dean at runforgod.com. And if you're the first person to get back to me, then we will send you um, a, a discount code for some stuff. Free in the gear. Run for God store. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so be the first one to, uh, to respond. All right. We'll leave you with this. We've got a motivational thought for this week, and it's this. The same boiling water that softens the potato hardens the egg. It's what you're made of, not the circumstances. <laughs> Never heard that quote. It's pretty good. I like it. Yeah. I've seen it several times lately for some reason. Really? Yeah. It's like God's trying to tell me something here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't let the circumstances around you determine who you are. God loves you for who you are. God loves you the, as you are. He, he, he has a, pl- a plan for you to go in a, in a particular direction. And if you're following, listening to him, like we've been talking about there during this podcast, it, it's going to work out great, uh, regardless of the circumstances that are around you. So on that note, we have started back the God Loves You campaigns. They go out every Friday. Some of them we pay to promote them and push them out there. We're fighting with Facebook like crazy right now because they love to take these things down when we put them up. Um, but those Friday God Loves You campaigns, just make it a point to go to the Run For God Facebook page or the Run For God Instagram page and share those every week. It's a simple message. It's a simple gospel message. Most of the time, it's it's something that Billy Graham said because Billy Graham was great at pointing people to the cross. But it's got the link to the Run for God, uh, Peace with God page. Uh, those work. We had a we had a rededication this past week as a result of one of those. Uh, we we are back to doing those consistently on Friday. So make that part of your Friday routine. Go over to the Run for God page. Share those. It's not advertising anything. Well, it is. It's advertising Jesus. That's right. And uh, you never know who needs to see those. So make it a point to go over there on Fridays and, and share those. Maybe we could post a link to that from on in Run Club Social. Yeah. And that would be a reminder for all of us. Send to, people to over to do it. Yeah, I'll yeah. make a note to do. That's a good yeah. idea. Yeah. That would be easy to do. All right. Now may God bless every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.